0: Uh, Rob, as far as the sport of Frisbee throwing, uh, my knowledge goes about as far as grilling out with the family on holidays and, and tossing it around after we eat. But, but you being the expert, do you know who or how the Frisbee was even invented?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you mention that, just hanging out with the family, you know, grilling and being outside. I mean, that's essentially how the sport started. I mean, you can go back to any any you know time in history where guys found flat rocks and, and tried to throw those, and then later on, you know, as manufacturing came along, the industrial revolution, we had ice cream lids and tie pins and things like that. So people were always trying to throw things. But it wasn't until the Healy brothers in the '50s that they had a, a picnic in Michigan and they started they made up a game, and it sort of evolved from there.
0: Well, how did you uh, fall into the sport? What turned you on so much that, that you played and practiced so often that you've gotten as good as you are?
1: Honestly, it's the Frisbee itself. Um, I, you know, I was after a year when I graduated high school in grade 12, so I played hockey and soccer and rugby and track and field. I basically did all the sports I could. And I saw one of my teachers throwing a Frisbee you know, in grade 11 and 12, and it just kind of stuck with me. It wasn't something that I was going to get into because I already had my sports. You know, I didn't have any dreams of making NHL. I knew at that point, you know, I, was, I loved hockey, but I wasn't going to go to the NHL. I wasn't willing to leave home, um, you know, leave my friends. But I remember that part of my teacher throwing a Frisbee. Later, um, when I went to university, I didn't really have a sport, and um, I saw a Frisbee being sold the first week of university, ended up buying it, and it just became something I did to keep active when I was in university because, you know, you hear a lot of people the freshman 15, you know, it's because they're not really active and so I just wanted something to keep myself active. Started throwing a frisbee. That was back before YouTube so that would have been in 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there wasn't videos I could watch to learn how to throw. There's a couple websites that taught you the grips and taught you how to throw different throws. So I really just learned from that. I just went in the field and just discovered it on my own. And then later heard about ultimate frisbee and then years later heard about the other disc sports and just really fell in love with it and just for me it was just something very natural that I could just go out and do on my own or do with friends. So.
0: Now, you hold like five world records, five world championships using the Frisbee. What was the first title or championship you won it, and what kind of feeling did that give
1: you? Um, the first one would have been I won a, a world championship with a dog. And, you know, when we actually set a world record at that time. But it wasn't a Guinness record. It was a, a world record in that organization. And it was something I I had always dreamt of being in the Guinness Book of World Records, and so the minute that I set that world record, I thought, wow, okay, maybe I could do something more with it. You know, up to that point, I thought I love the sport, I really you know enjoy competing and traveling and just doing it as much as I can. But I didn't really know how to grow it from there. And so when I set the first world record and won the world championships, you know, in dog disc, it was like, okay, this is maybe this is how I can do it. And that was um, that was three and a half years ago. And looking forward now, that's a great way to do it. You know, you, you set world records, you challenge yourself, you inspire others to challenge what they do, and that's really become my mantra: is what can I, what can I do differently? What can I do better? Um, how do I be my best?
0: Now, you you spoke of uh, the world the world record with your dog. Is is this the same dog that you're using uh, today? Is this your pet?
1: Yeah, um, he's actually not mine. So he's owned by a friend of mine, but I compete with him, and I've competed with him for about three years. Um, and so it's a very unique relationship where he was with his owner full-time, but I'll take him, you know, for a few weeks at a time. I've actually had him for a month now, and I'm going to have him for the next uh, two months. So we spend a lot of time together. It's all about the bond between the dog and the human. You know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if we win or lose, he just wants to play. And so he helps me stay very humble. You know, when I compete with myself or with other people... I can sometimes get pretty aggressive and very competitive and, you know, really get into it and get, you know, if I don't do well, I get disappointed and get down on myself. If I do really well, I get really amped up. But with him, I have to say pretty mellow because if he doesn't catch, you know, I can't really be disappointed. It's all about having fun with him. If he does catch, I get really excited. And it's just, at the end of the day, it's just we get to play and have a good time together.
0: Now, what kind of breed of dog are we talking about here?
1: He's a whippet. So, you know, the special thing about a whippet is they're the second fastest dog in the world behind a greyhound, mm-hmm. but a whippet is smaller, so they're more agile, so they're better suited for a sport like frisbee. Um, but you generally see most dogs in the sport are border collards or Australian shepherds because they naturally have a better drive, and they, it's easier to train and bring the frisbee back, whereas with a dog like a whippet, you have to teach them to come back because they like chasing, and they like catching, but they don't mm-hmm. really like bringing it back to you.
0: Now, was he already trained from your friend before you started using
1: him? He was, um, but he still had a long way to go. And so what I really taught him is consistency. So my friend is an amazing person. She's done a great job training him. Um, You know, it shows in all of her dogs that she loves him so much. But she can't challenge him how he needs to be challenged. She can't throw that far. She can't throw that consistently. So when I came in, it was about pushing his limits and seeing what he could do. And he actually pushes my limit. So right now he runs my throw. So he has to wait for my throw a lot. So for me, it's about trying to become better, become a better athlete, become a better thrower, so I can challenge him again. So you're trying and
0: to kind of you're trying, trying to, you're, trying to, you're trying to you're trying to catch up with him just a little bit, then, right?
1: I absolutely. I mean, even when we set the Guinness record, you can see in the video he started behind me, and I threw it 402 feet, and he actually slowed down because he was there already. You know, he didn't have to run full speed.
0: So what are some of the other world records you broke? I know there's one on ice that I think is very, you know, imaginative. I mean, the one you caught yourself on ice, on ice skates.
1: Yeah. Like my biggest thing with the Guinness records, you know, there's a couple different types of Guinness records you can go after. One is, you know, record based on skill. Another is a record based on a historical event or, you know, just sheer numbers, like getting the most people out to do something. Um, and then the other one is kind of a joke record where, you know, you just kind of make up a record and do it. And so, Four of my records were records that were already set, and I I broke those in one record. The dog record was set uh, 18 years previous to when I broke it. And then I have three records on ice, which were set 20 years previous to when I broke it. And they were actually broken by a friend of mine. He broke them in uh, 1991, I guess. And I asked him before I broke them, I said, would you mind if I go after these? Because, you know, for me, it's a matter of respect. Like, these were his records. He was the one that sort of put the idea in my mind to go after them. And he was like, you know, I'd rather either a Canadian hockey player or a Swedish hockey player go after them. You know, those are kind of the people in his mind. And so I have three Guinness records on ice. Basically, I throw it in the air, I skate after it, and I have to catch it.
0: So what about your competition? You you just spoke about, you know, your friends and all. Is it like a big family? or Is there friendly trash talking going on when you're competing?
1: (laughs) It it actually all depends on the sport. I mean, the cool thing about frisbee is there's literally 10 different disc sports that are competed on at the world level. You know, a sport like basketball or baseball or hockey, you know, there's one sport. And Mm -hmm. so the cool thing about Frisbee is I can play with one person. I can play by myself. I can play with a dog. I can play with 13 people. And so when I go to these competitions, you know, when I'm at the competitions with my dog, it's very competitive. But at the end of the day, we all do it for our dogs. And so we all bond over that. You know, everybody who's there, most of them don't have kids. Their dogs are their kids. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're going on a family vacation with their kids. Um, When I go to competitions, like the overall competitions, um, which has seven different events, it's kind of like a a path on a track and field. And that's more the old school Frisbee guys. So those are the guys who've been playing Frisbee for 40 years. They were the ones who pioneered the sport in the 60s and 70s and really were around in the in the heyday of the sport in the late 70s Mm -hmm. and early 80s. And so those are the guys who are my mentors. I learn the stories from them. I, you know, film their their interviews talking about the history of our sport and I share them with other people. And so that's a very supportive community where they're teaching me and, and trying to, you know, help me get better and just telling me everything about everything. Mm-hmm. And then Ultimate frisbee, I'm sure you've heard of Ultimate. You know, it's a very competitive sport. It's more like a traditional team sport like a hockey or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there, is, there is the element that it is a very friendly, supportive community, but it's getting more competitive in the sense that, uh, you know, you go to competitions to win, you're not there to yeah. sort of have fun with other people.
0: Being such a, you know, an ambassador for disc sports, where do you see it going, or better yet, how would you like to see the sport progress over the years?
1: And I mean, that's a very interesting question, because right now we're, the sports are in their own silos. You know, it used to be that someone played Ultimate and disc golf, and they did everything, and now it's more someone does ultimate frisbee or someone does disc golf or someone does dog disc. And so I really want to get it back to the point where people may not do all of them, but they're at least supporting everybody because we do have that unique element of the sport that we have the frisbee, you know, it's in different shapes and sizes, but they're essentially, they share the same, you know, physical attributes that they can fly. And so I think what I want is to see that the community become more supportive of each other. So instead of ultimate talking down dog disc or disc golf, You know, we talk each other up. It's all about being supportive, lifting each other up, working together, having competitions that involve all the different sports. Um, And at the end of the day, frisbee is such an accessible sport. You know, you see a lot of grassroots soccer movements where, you know, someone will go to Africa and bring a soccer ball and you have kids playing in the dirt or on cement or just somewhere they're just playing. They just want to play. And so I just want to have as many people in the world having a frisbee. And whether they play ultimate or disc golf or dog disc, it doesn't really matter. Just as long as you're playing throw and catch, and that's really what it matters at the end of the day. The cool thing to me about frisbee is, if you and I play catch, we're focused on each other. You know, you can't be on your phone texting friends or being on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. That's how we communicate. And so, playing catch is a very basic thing you can do anywhere. And so, I just want to get more people playing throw and catch. And then, if they want to play team sport, great. If not, then that's cool too.
0: It brings you back to reality, don't it?
1: It really does. Yeah.
0: Well, you talk about the flying disc sports and, and all of them, I mean, it's hot right now. It's really, really hot right now, especially like with disc golf.
1: It's, it's an interesting sport. I mean, my background, I started playing golf, like ball golf, when I was about two years old. Uh, my you know, sister is a huge golfer, my mom was a huge golfer, my uncle, grandma, grandfather, everybody. And so I love disc golf based on the fact that it's like golf, but it's the like frizzy. <laughs> and I am a professional disc golfer, so I try and play as much as I can. And I'm actually going to the World Championships, the Professional World Championships, this summer in awesome. Portland, Oregon. It's awesome. Um, and it's just Portland's supposed to have some of the most amazing courses. I mean, you can imagine just the Portland landscape and, you know, the, the fields and the forest and everything there. So, super excited. Um, it's kind of like, I don't you've probably heard the saying, drive for show, putt for dough." You know, you can drive the ball 300 yards, but if you can't putt, you're not going to win oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same way in disc golf. Like I can throw further than most people. <laughs>
0: you know, of course. In Canada, I
1: can throw further than everybody.
0: You catch your own. and you catch your own disc. <laughs> but, you
1: know, <laughs>
0: me and Rob, you know, we play frisbee since we were little kids, man. And I was looking at the, looking at this disc golf discs. These are ridiculous. These are like shields or something. Well, what's one of them oh, yeah. weigh?
1: Um, they're all about the same, about one hundred and seventy grams. You know, for women and, and juniors and Older older people, you know, you throw lighter discs like 130 to 150 grams.
0: So, this is not, but a,
1: they're definitely not discs you want to catch.
0: Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, this is not something you're going to, hey, let's go toss the frisbee and you throw one of them, <laughs> somebody's going to break a rib,
1: probably. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, they can be weapons in, in certain people's hands. And there's actually tournaments, um, it's one of the, probably the biggest tournament in the world, just based on the course and the prizes and, and the, you know, the notoriety in Japan. It's called the Japan Open. And they actually have a rule that you can't throw discs heavier than 160 grams. And uh, I believe part of that is a safety concern, that they don't want those heavy discs flying around.
0: So what's coming up for you in the near future? Any big events or records you have your sights on?
1: Yeah, I'm um, heading to Kansas City on Wednesday for a, a dog disc competition with Davey. Um, so part of the quadruped competition, it's a series of three events, and the person, or the team, I guess, with the best two results, wins the series. And so right now we came fourth in the first one, we came first in the second one. And so if we win Kansas City, then we win the series. Um, and we currently hold a world record in that series, so we're hoping to break our world record in that. Um, I am planning my sixth Guinness record, and it's going to be my second Guinness record with Davey. And that is going to be a similar event to what I did before, but it's more about time. So the record is going to be called the Canine MTA, and MTA stands for maximum time aloft. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to throw a Frisbee, have it stay in the air as long as possible, and then have Davey catch it. Yeah, I've so seen a YouTube video difficult. with you
0: doing that. It was like 15 seconds and something?
1: 15 and a half, yeah. yeah. So the record with the dog right now is about 10.1 seconds, so it's uh, it's going to take some practice because I need the Frisbee to come down nice and flat so it doesn't hurt enough. Yeah. And um, he, he likes tracking it, so I have that coming up. And I have, um, I'm actually doing a big tour in the U.S., uh, all of July. So I'll be in Minnesota, Michigan, Virginia. And then, um, I'm doing, a, obviously a disc golf worlds in Portland in August. Um, and then there's actually a cool event. The so dog disc started or, you know, sort of got a lot of recognition back in 1974 when a guy named Alex Stein jumped over the fence at Dodger Stadium with Ashley Whippett and played frisbee on live TV for about eight minutes. And uh, so this year is the 40th anniversary of that event.
0: So was that like, uh, to- you say, was that like totally unexpected?
1: <clears throat> oh, he planned it. Okay. But it was illegal. You know, he was arrested for it.
0: Kind of like a streaker. But,
1: <laughs> yeah. But back in the 70s, you know, security was a more relaxed. And and the way he told me the story is back in, you know, 1974, Monday night was what people did is they went home and they watched the Dodgers game. There wasn't sports center. There wasn't all these things. So um, they didn't catch a commercial. They actually let it play live for about seven or eight minutes. And uh, so, you know, he got a lot of publicity from that. And he wants to do a bunch of events in Los Angeles this summer. And he invited Davey and I to go down and and be there with him because Davey is a very similar size to Ashley. And because Davey has a Guinness record, you know, we're going to do a lot of demos for kids and just try and get some media coverage about Dodges.
0: Well, man, good luck on all those. I got one final question for you. It's a traditional question we ask all our guests. What's something about Rob McLeod no one knows about outside of friends and family? You got any hobbies? Favorite TV shows? Or are you an expert chef? You know, do you have a dish you make you consider your specialty, man? Give us some inside information on what you do on your downtime.
1: Um, I'm actually a huge introvert. You know, when I'm not competing or I'm not blogging or you know tweeting or filming videos, I love watching movies, love reading, I love learning. Um, you could call me a conspiracy theorist. You know, I'm the guy that's like, you know, did we actually land on the moon? I'm the guy that's asking those questions. And it, you know, it pushes over into disc sports because they look at something and say, you know, why not? Or, you know, if someone's been doing it the same way all the time, I'm like, maybe I'll try it a little differently. So I'm kind of weird. I'm kind of stubborn that way, but, um, I love just trying, trying something a little differently. And if it doesn't work, okay, if it does work, then great.
0: So being a conspiracy theorist, uh, do you believe in Bigfoot?
1: It's funny you mentioned that. Actually, um, one of my sponsors, Savage Ultimate, their sort of mascot is a Yeti, and so I do. I'm looking at doing some videos where there's Yetis running in the woods, um, catching frisbees, and having frisbees you know thrown out. So I don't really believe in Bigfoot, but after I do these videos, I might have some people thinking that Bigfoot exists. So
0: <laughs> that. That's really cool, man. It's going to be cool to watch, uh, man. Where where can people go as far as website, social media, and stuff like that, and get more information about you and what you're up to?
1: Sure. Yeah, the best place is uh, FisbeeRob.com, and if they want to find out more about Davey, they can go to Whippet.com and that's D-A-V-Y Whippet, W-H-I-P-P-E-T.com.
0: Well, man, thanks for being on the show. Uh, I had a great time talking to you. Good luck with all your events and world records.
1: Thanks for having me on the show, Rob.
0: with our radio, radio show. show.